I know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. It is time for us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at the Sagamore in uh, Noblesville, Indiana. That's and, right. And uh, we uh, together are those weekend golf guys. Going to be around with you for about an hour this morning. We're going to talk about golf, all things golf. Uh, got a guest coming up toward the end of the show who's got a great idea, man. He's a, he, he's a, even he says he's a failed PGA Tour player. He didn't quite make it on the tour. He no. tried back in the 60s and couldn't hack it. He just was not quite good enough. But uh, instead, get into broadcasting, which is, I guess, where a lot of bad golfers go. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now has a great idea. He has a, 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 a it's called Rx.Golf. It's a free prescription discount card. And all of, uh, well, not all of the proceeds, but a large portion of the proceeds that his company makes uh, is donated to a junior golf program that you choose as a customer. When you sign up, you get the card for free. That's a really good idea. Isn't it, though? Right? Yeah. It is a great idea, and we're going to talk to him about that. And um, and I guess he's figuring maybe if he gets a little more money in the hands of the junior golf programs around the country, some kid will be able to make it on the PGA Tour that otherwise would not have – would have come up just a tad short. You know what I'm saying? So. Yep. Yep. I get it. What a great idea to help out kids all over the country. It is. We're going to talk about grips, grips, multiple choices. Talk about people who call you when you shouldn't be called. I have to post my schedule online, man. Do not call me between these hours. Or you could just turn your ringer off. You know, I, I really should. The only problem with that is the last time I turned my ringer off, I forgot I had done it and it took me three days to remember to turn it back on. I thought suddenly I just... <laughs> no one loves me anymore. I am not getting a call. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody call me? Uh, uh, that's, that's actually very funny. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of other things. Jeff has given a, a, a lot of lessons in the past week, has seen some recurring problems that he would like to address because he figures if more than one of his students has the same problem, then it's probably something that a lot of you also share. And he's here to address that quickly. Another segment of Quick Fixes will be coming along before you know it with uh, the preeminent golf instructor, Mr. Jeff Smith. So all of that and uh, a whole lot more, too. You can count on us. We're here for the next hour, so stick with us. We are those weekend golf guys. Zig Ziglar said that if I like you, I will talk to you. But if I trust you, I will do business with you. And that's the frustration of all of us in the business world. It takes so much longer to build trust than it does just to get someone to like you. Unless you have a shortcut. And that's why we're here. We have a shortcut. It's called golf. We have a free group for you to join and we can explain it all. It's called the Back Nine Advisory Board. Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com and join for free our Facebook group, the Back Nine Advisory Board. Build trust with customers and potential customers in 18 holes. The Back Nine Advisory Board for all business people who want to learn how to quickly get their clients and their potential clients to trust them with golf. The Back Nine Advisory Board, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. 
That's thebusinessgolfcourse.com. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. Business golf is the quickest way to build trust with your clients and potential customers. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. And we are back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And as he was just telling me, as a a clinic scheduled for this afternoon, and there's a storm a coming. <laughs> you can look at it's the radar, biggin. and when it's all red and yellow, you kind of go, "Ooh, that's not good." That's, that's not, not good. good. Now, did you see no, I, last weekend, um, Chicago? They had they had some storms there that that postponed play for a while. But the hotel there, that right on the course or in the resort area where most of the um, players and the media were staying, got hit by lightning. Oh, yeah. Our friend uh, Brendan Sweeney was in that hotel. Yes. Brendan Sweeney of French Lick Resort fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got out of that hotel. Uh, Think about the same way everybody else had to get out of that hotel. Quickly. (laughs) Quickly. (laughs) uh, uh Oh, time to go. (laughs) Don't use the elevators. Use the stairs and get the heck out of here now. Pretty frightening for a bunch of people. I wonder, though, a few things about that tournament. Um, A, do you think the BMW people got upset that the winner of the tournament drives a uh, Land Rover? (laughs) You know, that's the risk they they take, you know. And was that a miraculous Saturday to watch or what? I mean, we know Justin. He's from Louisville, where we are. We know his dad. We know people who went to high school with him and played golf with him and stuff. So it's it's really nice to, for us to see this. But it had to be exciting for everybody, I would think, to watch how Justin actually played on Saturday. Man, I mean, he was playing out of his mind. Yeah. And to throw one in from 178 or 79 yards or something like that. That's pretty cool. When you do that, you know it's one of those days when you just can't do anything wrong. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) This is something, however, that I have a problem with. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. I don't know. But I'm going to give you my opinion, and you can agree or disagree however you want to. This whole new idea of now going in, Justin Thomas, by virtue of being number one, has a two-stroke lead over the guy who's seated number two. Yeah. And he's not only got a two-stroke lead over number two, he has a 10-stroke lead over number 30. Actually, numbers 26 through 30. Yeah. That is antithetical, in my opinion, my humble yet nevertheless expert opinion, to the way the the handicap system in golf works. I am supposed to be handicapped in golf as an equalizer, not as something that as gives me an insurmountable lead. Exactly. So basically, Justin Thomas, by virtue of being number one, meaning, okay, so not that he was the best golfer all season, but he had the best the best in the last few weeks now has an insurmountable lead to begin with he has got to fall apart and someone else in that group has got to have a day like he had last saturday in order to even become competitive yes so i I really have a hard time with the notion of this format here's the thing all right let's take for example the case of rory mcelroy now we rarely ever talk about the tour here so we're going to do it briefly because we just we don't really care that much. Right. Um, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> point, point here is, here's Rory. He's finished in the top 10, what, six times this year? Yeah. He's won twice. Yeah. He's had a better year. Yeah, Justin Thomas Justin. didn't even play, play half the season. He had a wrist injury. Right. And Justin wins once, 
and finishes only a couple times in the top 10 because he just wasn't playing, right? Right. But now, but now there's a huge difference. Rory is five shots behind him. Yeah, they haven't even started playing yet. Yes. Right. And so, you know, I just have a hard time with a system that does this because I can't make heads or tails of the purpose of it, nor the math behind it. If I could understand the purpose in what they're doing, I could try to figure out the math. Right. But right. I can't. No, me either. No. I can't find out why, why they would do it. You said it yourself. It's antithetical. I yep. get it. I don't understand at all why the PJ Tour would come up with this that's so ungolf like. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it, it kind of smacks against everything golfers supposedly believe in. The fairness, the uh, you know, the, the penalizing yourself, the uh, I just I just can't fathom how it happened, why it happened, who they think they're impressing and who they think they're making it better for. The fans? Right. Us? Right, because golf is all about everybody having an equal chance to win at the beginning of the day or the beginning of the tournament, and it's all about how you perform. Right. And this is not set up that way. No, and it makes it a, a more and more a, a, um, a competition among players, where golf has always been a competition against the course, against nature. It's who, well, who can and, best conquer the land they're playing on so you know as we talk about this uh ever so briefly i can't stand what the tour is doing because it's against how golf is yeah people don't have an equal chance at the beginning of the week yep even if this was a match play where it's pitting one player against the other okay but at the outset each player has the ability to succeed and to win without having any other factors involved like extra strokes, right? This is not yeah. a handicap tournament where somebody's in there and they're 20 handicap and they need strokes from the other guy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not happening. No. You guys are all at the highest level, period. However, the guys, who, guys who made this field, look, mm -hmm. Tiger Woods didn't even make the field. Yeah. Phil Mickelson didn't make this year. Yeah. Didn't even make the field. Yeah. Right. So the field that's in this guy, these these guys are in pretty good shape, right? Yeah. These guys are good. <laughs> they don't need any strokes between them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the only the only thing is someone might say in the argument, you just brought it up and it came into my head and I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um, were this match play with the same field, uh, you know, Justin would be playing, um, forgive me, but I forget who's in the 30th position, but, you know, it would be number one against number 30. Number two, right. I guess, 29. But still, they would be even when they went out. That's it, right. It would not be number one against number 30 with number one with a 10-stroke lead from the get-go. That's right. And it just, like you said, just I don't understand who they're trying to impress, who they're trying to do this for. Is this supposed to be more fun for us to watch? Uh, or is this supposed to guarantee that the guy who wins is going to win it all rather than the confusion of someone winning the FedEx Cup, but winning the tournament, but not winning the cup. You know, it's, it's just so confusing. I don't, I don't think they've got, yeah. I don't think they've got their stuff together yet themselves. I don't, I think they're still confused about how they should do this. So I agree. This isn't the way though, guys. <laughs> no, this is not it. I agree. I'm, I'm sorry, bud, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be as much fun or not, but then again, it would be much more of a, um, 
a, a, a much greater result if someone who was not Justin Thomas actually won the thing. Yeah, I think that'd be a surprise for everybody at this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So here I am at the Sagamore today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, good day. A lot of good players here at the club. But we got a special group of uh, good players that have rolled in. They're on the practice team now, and they're headed off to the golf course here shortly. It's the uh, it's a, a college women's uh, a women's college golf team here, uh, a local college. And um, you know, I stand here and I'm just absolutely enthralled by by the golf swings that I see in these young players. Balance, power, uh, rhythmical swings, accuracy. You know. I know three of them on this team are, are people that I work with. They're students of mine, but I just, I'm amazed when I see a bunch of them and I, and I realize that golf is becoming more of an athlete's game, an athlete sport, because you know what I don't see? I don't see too many athletes in college golf and in higher level high school golf uh, or professional golf being uh, overweight, out of shape. I see an awful lot of athletic bodies out there now yeah. because they're competing. You think about those guys we just talked about—people who are absolutely, positively, physically fit—and they're hitting the ball farther. People are saying, "Well, the equipment's better. Uh, you know, the fairways are cut tighter. The balls don't have as much spin." You can say all that stuff, but boy, let me tell you—you you cannot deny the fact that these athletes are bigger stronger, more athletically gifted than no. 10 years ago. No, and I tell you, it's really depressing when you look at it for all of us out of shape, uh, older golfers. Oh, I never was that in shape. And, and now look, oh man, what am I going to have to do now to play, right? Uh, the, answer yeah. those questions and more when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. Just to give you an idea of how old I am, do you know what was cool when I was in school? A Beatles lunchbox. Today, you know what you need to be cool? You need Bomba socks. It really isn't surprising that they're the, the mark of coolness these days. They're the most comfortable kid socks ever. Colorful. I mean, literally bursting with color. And they even have a little colorful bee on them. They're, they're designed with several comfort innovations that help make them feel better than any other kid sock ever made. And when, you know, you put them on a kid and they go, ooh, these feel nice, you know that they're more comfortable than anything they've ever worn before because they're actually mentioning it. Bombas donates a pair of socks for every pair purchased. So when you order some for the kids, why don't you get your own self some too? I wear them all the time playing golf, especially. The anklet-type socks, they're colorful. You can get them so they match your shirt so you look really dapper. Visit bombas.com slash weekend and get 20% off your first purchase. That is B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash weekend for 20% off your purchase. Bombas.com slash weekend. And we're back, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And uh, you know, one of the things that we keep talking about, Jeff, is equipment. You know, sometimes how the equipment uh, is not necessarily going to overcome your ability or your lack thereof. But how important is the physical grip, not the grip you use with your hands, but the grip on the golf club? Because I was just thinking, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, my irons were, I was spraying them, basically. Uh, I couldn't guarantee yeah. I was left, I was right, I was short, I was long. And then it started to think, you know, you, you say how important it is to keep the club face square. How much of keeping that club face square is part and parcel of the grips being fresh? 
Because I remember I bought my clubs five years ago and have not changed the grips since I bought them. Could that have anything to do with my inability to hit them consistently straight? Yes. And here's here's what happens. All right. So when grips get a little bit either A, old or B, worn, a couple things happen. The, the rubber isn't so rubberish anymore. It gets a little firmer. It gets a little slicker, right? When you have used it a bunch, there's also some oils that come out of your skin that get stuck in the rubber. And next thing you know, you've got yourself a grip that is not as tacky as it once was. Right. Well, that means the connection you have between the skin and the rubber can slip a little bit and then you squeeze a little. And when you squeeze a little, your hands and wrists and forearms don't work the same way. And therefore, your club doesn't get down there the same way. So let's make a point of, number one, keeping your grips as fresh and clean and tacky as you can possibly do by running them under some hot, soapy water. So that way, the rubber stays rubberish, stays tacky, and all those hand oils come off. So I use some cleaner, some hand soap, uh, some stuff that's like degreaser, dishwashing detergent kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it works out so well. And then when you dry your grips off, make sure that it's with a towel that you do not like. Okay. Because <laughs> that, there's some rubber that's going to come off. I got you. Right? The okay. top layer is going to come off and it's going to turn black or green or whatever color your grips are. That towel's going to be affected. So I want you to know that you're going to do it and, and dry them off with an old towel that you're either going to just throw away or decide to try to salvage by throwing it right in the uh, laundry. How often should one should one do that washing? After every round? or No, I'll do it with my own clubs. I'll do it about three times, four times a year. Okay. And I play uh, about 20 times a year. Okay. But when I do it more frequently because I do not wear a glove. So over the course of the year, really for me is the course of, you know, about three or four rounds of golf, I'll clean my grips because when I play, it's in the heat of the season a lot. And so my hands sweat a little bit sure. and I just want to make sure my grips are fresh gotcha. when I'm playing the most golf. All right. Then, you then. Know, so instead of thinking about it as a 12 month a year comment, think about it as the frequency of play. And then I guess the extension question is how often should one actually physically change the grips? Well, when they're no longer salvageable in terms of making them, uh, you know, tacky, okay. clean, okay. I change them. And then this other thing, too, do you, do you subscribe to any of this uh, science, I guess, of the grips? First off, we had the Jumbo Max grips, the, the you know, the bigger ones. Uh, for uh-huh. people with bigger hands or made it easier to hold lightly or whatever. But now I, I'm seeing some grips that are tapered differently. They, they yeah, get, like the reverse taper. Yeah, they get wider at, at the bottom. bottom and, yeah. What, what's right. up with that? Now, there are people out there. For example, I have worked with people with arthritis in one hand, but not the other. Right, So it's possible that uh, a grip should be fatter for one hand than it is the other. I have worked with people who just find it to be a better feel and their hands and arms work better because of grip pressure. So example, they may need to be a little bit bigger grips all around, you know, the ones that don't taper at all or the ones that are built up under the, under the lower, you know, hand, Mm -hmm. the the right hand, so to speak, um, to match more of the left. I have also seen people succeed with that reverse taper grip, which I think is kind of interesting 
where they give the right hand a little bit more, um, I want to say authority by having a little bit more filled up in the right hand than you do in the left. And, and that actually, uh, helps in some people, the unleashing of the, of the wrists and of the club, it, it actually helps that action a little bit better. Okay. So it's, it's interesting. I have seen a lot of different things succeed. So again, we go to golf and we think, well, there's no, there's no set rule here. And the standard teacher comment comes out of me. Well, Jeff, what do you think? What's it going to take to be successful in this? And in, as we talk about grips and I'm going to answer with, it depends. It depends. That's right. And I got one more, one more question for you too. And this is something that, you know, all of us have heard, uh, been counseled or whatever about the, the pressure, the optimum pressure for your hands on the club is like you were holding a bird. You don't <laughs> want the bird to get away, but you don't want to squeeze the life out of it either. Yeah. Well, that's like great. Uh, however, uh, probably 99.937% of everybody who's heard that has never in their life held a bird. I'm one of those people. And most and of I us have no intention to. Right? I don't find that to be successful as yeah. an analogy because I've never held a bird. Exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. I have I have no idea how to equate that. I got the the you know the the basic idea, but no, but I was talking to a guy who was not a PGA teaching professional. He had never taught anybody how to play golf in his life. And he said, you want to learn how to grip the club with the right pressure? He said, go buy a jumbo tube of toothpaste. Bring it to your backyard. Take the cap off. Hold it like you would hold your golf club and swing. And when you can do it without pushing any of the toothpaste out of the tube, you have found the perfect pressure for the grip on your golf club. I disagree. Okay. Why? You won't have enough force on the shaft to move the head fast enough to hit it anywhere. Could explain why he's not a PGA teaching professional, huh? <laughs> Think about that for just a second. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're about to swing a club and you want to hit it hard. And you subscribe to the thought that your hands have to be so soft on the club that they, they cannot apply any force. Can't let any of that toothpaste come out of that tube come on so you're what what you basically would do That's is you you'd throw the club farther than you hit the ball you certainly wouldn't generate enough force to hit the ball very far that's for darn sure okay all right now that might be okay as a statement if you were only talking about your ability to easily maneuver the club around and under control for example if i held a club vertically in my hands and I squeeze the thing only tight enough to hold it so it will not fall down. Like the, the club's vertical heads up and the butt's down. And I got the grip in my hand. And I'm only holding on so tightly that it will not fall through my hands. That's like a, a 1 out of 10 on a grip pressure scale. Right. And then if I allow the club to fall, like take my wrists and bend them forward so the club falls forward to about 45 degrees, I now have more pressure on the club from my hands or pressure on my hands from the club, whichever way you want to look at it. But I've got enough tension there to wield the club under control, but yet I've got complete motion in the wrists and I'm holding it firm enough so I couldn't possibly let go of it. But that does not mean that that's how tightly I'm going to hold it throughout because that is still not enough pressure to put 
force on the shaft to hit a ball hard. Okay. So the toothpaste tube thing doesn't work. The birdie thing doesn't work. Is there any way you can easily explain to uh, a new golfer how how much pressure should be applied to your grip? Well, let's look at it this way. I gave you a decent explanation already of the feel of one where the club falls to about 45 degrees. Yeah. Well, I want you to start with that grip and then make a fast club head at the bottom. And what will happen is it will wind up getting tighter throughout the golf swing. I think that's a good way to start your golf swing. Okay. And without any conscious thought, when the club is moving and the faster you move it, your muscles will be tense. Your hands will move the head faster. They will apply more force to the club, but it won't start with too much tension. But believe me, there is no magic formula that I could say to each and every person like, for example, hey, John, I want you to start with it on about a three in your left hand and about a four on your right hand on the one to ten scale. Yeah. And then at the top of your golf swing, I'd like you to feel about a four on the left hand and a five on the right hand. And then at impact, I want you to feel like a six on the left hand and a seven on the right hand. Okay. That's not real. No, and you've made your point. It happens, it happens so fast that you shouldn't be having your mind on that, but your hands do need to be able to move freely and you must be able to apply an awful lot of force or you're just making a soft swing like you're pitching and the ball's not going far. Which also reminds me as we talk about things like, is the grip pressure different from shot to shot? Well, I somewhat made it there when you think about a pitch shot versus a long drive, mm-hmm. a soft pitch around the greens, your hands are softer. Right. A long drive with a fast golf swing, your hands are going to be firmer. Aren't we seeing yeah. that right away? We, we would hope to. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to make a point that it can't be the same per person and it won't be the same per swing within okay. each round of golf. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, that makes perfect sense. And so keep your grips clean, um, change them when you feel that cleaning them isn't doing the job anymore. If they're not tacky and they're not working. And, uh, and then of course, um, basically play it by ear for the grip pressure. There's no easy way to explain it. Just do it. Okay. I've got a guy named mm-hmm. Mike Thompson, rx.golf. He's coming up next. Stick with us for those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. Just to give you an idea of how old I am, do you know what was cool when I was in school? A Beatles lunchbox. Today, you know what you need to be cool? You need Bomba socks. It really isn't surprising that they're the, the mark of coolness these days. They're the most comfortable kid socks ever. Colorful. I mean, literally bursting with color. And they even have a little colorful bee on them. They're designed with several comfort innovations that help make them feel better than any other kid sock ever made. And when, you know, you put them on a kid and they go, ooh, these feel nice, you know that they're more comfortable than anything they've ever worn before because they're actually mentioning it. Bombas donates a pair of socks for every pair purchased. So when you order some for the kids, why don't you get your own self some too? I wear them all the time playing golf, especially the anklet-type socks. They're colorful. 
You can get them so they match your shirt so you look really dapper. Visit bombus.com slash weekend and get 20% off your first purchase. That is B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash weekend for 20% off your purchase. Bombus.com slash weekend. Thanks for hanging and uh, welcome back. We are those weekend golf guys. Got a guest with us here, Mike Thompson from down in Nashville, Tennessee. Got a company called MyRx Savings. And one of the things, Mike, that, uh, that caught my attention is, I don't know, and we will get into this in big time, how much of a golfer you are if you have kids who are, have, are now or have ever been junior golfers or whatever, but you have a specific website called rx.golf, basically a discount prescription card that works at basically every pharmacy in the country, uh, where for people who may not have uh, coverage uh, for prescription drugs on their health insurance or may not have health insurance for one reason or another, can still get uh, heavily discounted prices on prescriptions. Yet some of the money spent and collected by you for the prescriptions is donated back to junior golf organizations all throughout the country, which I can pick. It's not your choice. It's mine. Well, what was the genesis of this thing, Mike? Well, we have, as you said, we have, we have two, we'll call it companies that are in the prescription sa- uh, savings programs. Okay. Right. My RX savings is one for the general public in that. And, and quite frankly, so is, uh, rx.golf. The website is www.rx.golf. It's not .com. It's .golf. Golf has been very good to me. You know, back in the sixties, I tried to play the tour and found out that my game was, not up to snuff, but one of my sponsors uh, owned a radio, I mean, a TV station in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he convinced me that since I had a young son at the age of five, that it would be a good idea if I had a more steady income. He got me into <laughs> broadcasting. <laughs> I did that for a couple of years. I had set some money aside and you know, worked with Ted Turner back in the early 90s in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then found my first TV station to buy in Nashville, Channel 17, WZTV, in 1973. And and that started a very, we'll call it, wonderful lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up owning 15 Fox and or other type of affiliates, CBS, ABC stations. We sold the company back in the late 90s and then started uh, investing in different types of business. I've always been, I tried to give back. We had a company with tuition fund to where it was helping families save money on merchant funded rebates that went into their 529 plans. Mm -hmm. And from that, I discovered the uh, prescription benefits card business. It really is a very unique business. We have agreements with 68,000 pharmacies <laughs> and over over 15,000 for, you know, prescription, you know, medications. Mm-hmm. We are the only company in the industry that gives back to a specific entity. In other words, like I picked Junior Golf, giving it to all the all the states that have either 501c3s for first tee or youth on course mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever youth organization that is really driven through golf. This only started about five months ago, and we've we've signed up several hundred thousand people in that period of time. Who doesn't the, want to uh, save money, man? That, I mean, come on. No, this is it. I mean, you know, what we're basically doing, we don't get paid a lot. 
from from the pharmacies for doing this because basically what we're doing through our advertising and everything else, we're like a marketing arm for them to bring customers to those pharmacies. Right. Because when you go on our website, you can search for your drug, type in the prescription, you select whether it's generic or brand, and you type in your zip code, and it will pop up the next 30 pharmacies that are closest to you and the prices show from the cheapest price to the most expensive price. The prices do change on a on a weekly basis, which is why we ask people when they get their card also to download the our API, which is the search. That's all it is, is you can search for the drug and mm-hmm. have it. You can download it on your phone. You can have a text to you or you can have it emailed to you. Fantastic. Your your card. At this rate, you know, what we do is we give away a dollar for every prescription that is filled using our card. Mm-hmm. We give a dollar to that junior golf program and that person's zip code. Fantastic. So you also have the ability to to select an area based on maybe you're living in Florida when you get the card, but you're, you know, you're from Boston. Right. You can select that golf organization as to be the the recipient of whatever you use. My goal is to give back. I love golf. I was one of the original founders of the Tennessee Golf Foundation, which is the you know first T five hundred one C three here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It's just been a passion. You know, if a child or a young adult adult is playing golf with some older folks. If they are not trained, but they're instructed on what is what's important. Well, it's the only game that you call a penalty on yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it's in, and you're playing it, you know, in front of the Almighty. If you want to roll the ball in the rough, you know, that's up to you, but it shouldn't be done. Yeah, and so it, it teaches you integrity. It teaches teaches you honesty. You know, it, a sportsmanship. And that carries on through life as that young, those young people grow up and get into business. You know, with those qualities, if, if those are kind of inbred into them, then, you know, they're going to be a lot more successful in this world. If you'll cheat on the golf course, you'll cheat anywhere. You'll cheat on anybody. Yep. Yeah. Sure will. Uh, one thing I, I want to say is, is, um, first off, Jeff Smith, my uh, co-host here has just joined us. Jeff, say hi to, Mike Thompson from rx.golf. Hey, Mike. How are you? Hey. All right, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing terrific. I love what you said so far since I've joined in. Yeah. A man after my own heart. Jeff, Mike Mike has a uh, discount prescription card, and he the, the rx.golf one is is a dollar from every prescription bought on that card is donated to a local junior golf program in the area that the customer who used the card wants it sent to. What so, a great idea. Yeah, just a little background yeah. for you there. We're only, we're, only, we're only five months old. I mean, the company, or our prescription benefits company, has been around for a number of years, okay? But uh, this, we'll call it vertical, which is golf. The prices are the same. That's on our on our primary website. Uh, all the information. Uh, you know, we're the only we're one of the only people you can go to it and and go to our site and look at. Uh, you find your uh, take your prescription and type in the drug immediately without getting any personal information. We don't need your phone number. We don't need your email address. We don't need what other medications are you taking. 
We are. This is a. We're a service industry. We're just trying to help people save money. Do we make some money off of that? Yes, we do. Not a lot, but we give more of more than a third of what we make back to uh, in this vertical junior golf, and so uh, that is important. You know, we're, we're not we're not into this business to make a tremendous amount of money. We're in this to be able to give back to something that means a lot to me anyway. Yeah. Uh, one thing and I want to point uh, out about the, the first tee, I have a grandson who went through the first tee, and the first thing he learned was not how to hold a club, how to swing a club or anything. It was how to shake hands with the people with whom you were playing. And I Exactly just, right. I, yeah, I just thought that yeah. was that was phenomenal. Um, Learn to look them in the eye when you do it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's like okay, so this this is a game. First off, I mean, we we all know this. We're we're golfers, and we all know that it's the only game that really you can have, or the only sport that you can have for life. I mean, you you even said I'm not casting aspersions upon you, Mike. I'm quoting you when I say you said you're old, but you still play golf. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeff I still play golf. Jeff has three children. Yeah. All three of them, well, you know, benefited from the tutelage, the expert tutelage of one of the best golf instructors in the world, Jeff. Uh, yet all three of them are playing golf on scholarship at college. Well, one's already, two have already graduated, but there's still a third, but they've all gone through that. Um, they've done quite well in junior golf tournaments across the country. They've, they've made names for themselves. They've made connections. They have friends that they otherwise would not have had. And it's just, it's just so phenomenal to be able to, to take every child, no matter, and, you know, and, and this whole thing about how golf is a rich man's game. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. And especially not. not when you have guys like Mike who are contributing money to organizations to basically fund the juniors playing golf that couldn't fund it on their own. It's just That's a, right. it's a phenomenal, phenomenal thing to do because golf, look at Eastlake Country Club. Yep. It's not in the best section of Atlanta. It had fallen yep. into disrepair, and the latest management decided that they were going to make some changes. They were going to invite the neighborhood to play at the course and to work at the course and to become part of the course and have a stake in the course, and graduation rates skyrocketed, crime rates decreased. I mean, is it all because of golf? Maybe. Maybe not, but golf is obviously something that's going to help the way it teaches Basic life skills, man. This is great, Mike. I, I, I got on, on behalf of golfers really, everywhere, man. Thank you for this. Well, I tell you what, it, it it is a great game that gives back if you are if you are called tutored properly in the beginning, right? Right. And um, it's uh, I'm I'm just really kind of tickled to be able to do something like this because it it'll mean it'll mean a lot. I mean, we'll we'll we may end up. At the end of this, we'll call it the next, um, what I call my opening period. In the next 18 months, we'll probably have a couple of million people using our card. Well, that is a lot of money that will go to junior golf across the country. It certainly is. If they just use it one script a month, yeah, yep. that's, that is a lot of money. And so, uh, you know, it's not, we're not tooting, trying to toot our own horn, but we are trying to get people to understand that. Everybody needs to look at the program 
and see if they can benefit out of it. It's very, every, every question that somebody could ask is our, is on our website. And so, you know, if they can, uh, if they'll just take the time to go to www.rx.golf, it'll, they'll be able to see it. They'll be able to search for their drugs and they'll be able to get any kind of a question answered. And if I go to rx.golf, and quite frank, I can also download it people, to my phone, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. right. Cool. And for older people who even get confused when you in the program, there's actually, we have a kind of a pill qualification. What's the size of the drug? What's it look like? Oh, cool. And, um, uh, what, what is the, uh, uh, you know, prescription power and it, it can help people out if they've, you know, kind of got their pills mixed. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we are, you know, I mean, there's a, most of our people are over the age of 50 that are using the program. Okay. Okay. Or are those people who are out of work or in between jobs? Gotcha. Where their COBRA has not kicked in yet. Gotcha. But, you know, All right. we, we're happy to be associated, you know, with the game and, you know, anything that you guys can do to help us promote it, well, we would love it. Fantastic. Rx.golf. Go there now. Check it out, download it to your phone, figure out which pharmacy uh, is going to save you the most on whatever prescription meds you need, and uh, make sure that the kids in your neighborhood are are sufficiently funded for their junior golf programs. Yes. And phenomenal. don't forget, the, the card is free. There is no charge to get the card. Just Fantastic. go to the website. The program is totally free to the public. Okay. All right, sir. All right. Mike Thompson. Congratulations, uh, great idea, and um, we're glad that somebody thought of it and, and you decided to go with the golf route, and uh, rx.golf is the website to go to. Mike Thompson, appreciate spending some time with us here on Those Weekend Golf Guys. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. Business golf is the quickest way to build trust with your clients and potential customers. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. Zig Ziglar said that if I like you, I will talk to you. But if I trust you, I will do business with you. And that's the frustration of all of us in the business world. It takes so much longer to build trust than it does just to get someone to like you. Unless you have a shortcut. And that's why we're here. We have a shortcut. It's called golf. We have a free group for you to join, and we can explain it all. It's called the Back Nine Advisory Board. Go to thebusinessgolfcourse.com and join for free our Facebook group, the Back Nine Advisory Board. Build trust with customers and potential customers in 18 holes. The Back Nine Advisory Board for all business people who want to learn how to quickly get their clients and their potential clients to trust them with golf. The Back Nine Advisory Board, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. That's thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Such a great, great thing to do, man. Donating money back, giving back to junior golf programs all over the place. I like the fact that he's doing this not just for junior golf 
But he's doing it from junior golf where the guy, whoever uses this service, wherever we may be, we can donate to the program that's local to us. That's the genius of what he's doing in yeah. my book. Just one program someplace in the middle of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. It is, hey, he's got the right idea. You know, he's smart. He's looking at all the people who actually use medication a lot, right? The people that are 55 and up, right? Right. We're, we're throwing in pills into us a little bit more frequently <laughs> than when we did when we were 20. Uh-huh. <laughs> Medicinal pills, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, medicinal purposes, man. I, I, I hear you. Right. I got you. Point is, is that he's picking the right the right market. Got right. you big time. Go down there to Heaven's Waiting Room <laughs> and start using this program. Next thing you know, they're all about it, right? They're a bunch of retirees. They like golf. They love kids. And they're taking a bunch of pills for medications and stuff. They're getting a good deal. Yeah. Smart man. And Mike, what a smart program that is. And Mike Thompson was a, you know, a broadcast mogul. I mean, you know, guy owned a bunch of uh, TV stations uh, back in the day. And one of the things that, that he said to us off the air was how wonderful golf is for business, uh, especially if, if yeah. a kid's going to learn golf early. I mean, your your daughters and your son, man, they have got business careers. They're, they're going to know how to network. They're going to know how to make friends. They're going to know how to uh, impress people. Everybody is impressed. You, you, you want to know somebody well, you take them out to play golf. You want them to trust you, take them out to play golf. Uh, especially if you're in the sales business, because Zig Ziglar, who's one of those big sales trainers, he said that if you know if people like you, they'll talk to you. But if they trust you, they'll do business with you. And yeah, I just want to take right. take these last few minutes we have together here to encourage you to check out a free Facebook group, absolutely free to join, and it's a group that's going to allow everybody to uh, share ideas on how to use golf more effectively to increase their business. It's called the Back Nine Advisory Board. So just go to Facebook.com, look for the Back Nine Advisory Board. There's a page and a group of the same name. Join the group. It's free. Join the conversation. And who knows, you're going to be able to uh, probably make some more money this year because you're going to learn how to effectively use golf to increase your business. Also, check us out, thoseweekendgolfguys.com, facebook.com slash golfguys. And, uh, man, also want to let you know, you can hear us now. You miss us on the radio. You can hear us on the iHeart uh, podcast app. You can hear us on TuneIn. You can hear us basically everywhere and anywhere so no excuses listen and then go play some golf <laughs>